You're listening to the Holy Hot Mess Mom podcast. I'm Heather, and I like to treat this podcast like we're just old friends sitting around in our jam jams with no makeup, a messy bun, and probably some sort of bodily fluid on our shirt from a child. In this show, we chat about homemaking, simplifying mommyhood, Jesus, and everything in between. This is a place where we embrace that life can sometimes be a crazy, beautiful, hilarious mess. I want to give you the encouragement, support, and some practical tips to help you thrive, even when some days you might feel like you're riding the Holy Hot Mess Express. So grab Grab a cup of coffee or wine if it's been one of those days. Relax. Let's chat. Hey, so everybody, we are back now talking on our Faithy Friday about confession. Confession is one of those touchy subjects because there's so many defenses to it. There are, you know, the defense of, well, why do I need to confess it to a priest? I can just go straight to God. True. Um, And also the fact that (laughs) it's really hard to go to confession because we don't like confessing and admitting our faults out loud. You know, sometimes, although you may be completely sincere, when you don't say those things out loud, the weight doesn't come off of your soul as easily. If I yell at my kids or I'm disrespectful to somebody and I know that I've done something wrong, I can go and say, God, I'm so sorry for what I did. But until I go to that person and tell them in the physical human aspect, it's, it still can weigh on you. So I've got quite a few stories here, but one of my big ones was the first time I went to confession since I think making my first communion. And that was, I had just had a tumor removed and I guess it was a, it was a benign tumor, but it was in my reproductive organs. I guess I was superstitiously going into confession, hoping that if I do this, maybe God will give me a child. What I got out of it were so many greater brutes. I mean, I'm talking, I confessed that when I was in seventh or eighth grade, I was dabbling in witchcraft, like actually checking books out of the library and worshiping mother nature and things like that. And then confessing the sexual impurity that I had all throughout college. And I mean, everything, years and years of stuff. And I probably was in there for a half an hour hour and I'm crying and I'm crying because I'm embarrassed. And the priest, when he told me that through the power of Jesus, he has been given the authority to forgive sins and he absolves your sins. I literally felt a weight come off of my body. And ever since then, I have been such an advocate for it. If you're going to understand confession, you got to talk about the fall and about sin. Back in Genesis, God tells Adam and Eve that if they eat the fruit of this tree, they're surely going to die. The second you eat of this, because I've told you not to, you will die. But they didn't die. People always skip over that part. They didn't actually die. So like what what was God saying is the consequence? Because after they ate the fruit, they ran and hid. So was he talking about a physical death? No, because what separates us from animals is our humanity. Humanity is that we were given a soul. So, you know, man was created when all creatures were created. 
but breath was breathed into him and a soul was made when Adam was created in God's image, a soul that's exalted above all animals on earth. So we're not just given this natural life that we can die from. We're also given a spiritual and divine life. So just as a cancer can kill us and take our natural life Mortal sin kills our supernatural life. And those sins, those mortal sins are the ones that separate us from God. And all mortal sins can boil down to obedience. Flat out, God, I know what you want me to do. And I'm going to do this anyways, because I want what I want. That is a mortal sin. When you make that conscious decision that like, God, I know that you don't like me watching impure videos or whatever, but I like the pleasure I get from it. So I'm going to do it anyways. The day that they ate that, they committed this first mortal sin and they died in their divine life. And what was next, like the next time that humans got to partake in the the divine life was when the Holy Spirit was given to all in the Pentecost and when it's given to us in baptism. So that's why it's so exciting when somebody's baptized because they're literally being reborn in their divine life. A lot of people say, why do I need to confess my sins to a priest? Why can't I just go straight to God? Like, please first 120% go straight to God. Because Jesus came, the Holy Spirit gives us direct access to God. So repent those sins immediately, you know, make the change immediately. But we're also really called to go to the community and to the priest and confess our sins. And the role of the priest all the way back to the Old Testament was to act as an intercessor between man and God. Because once Adam and Eve set this division and killed this divine spiritual life and family with God, we needed intercessors between man and God. And so Jesus is ultimately the one who makes it possible for us to have access to God. You know, if it weren't for Jesus, we we wouldn't have the Holy Spirit and this access to God. Therefore, he's the ultimate and only mediator between mediator between humans and God. But we intercess on each other's behalf constantly. God uses people as the mediators between God's purpose and what they need. And your sin is is a time of need. So for example, this information I'm pulling together in this podcast to convey all about confession and stuff. God didn't directly appear to me and beam it down to me. He gave me the tools and the guidance and some YouTube videos I watched and some books I've read that have mediated to me on his behalf, referencing the Bible, to bridge that connection and to get through to me. And that's pretty much what the priest is there for, is to give you the human connection and feel that real physical presence of God when sometimes it's hard to feel. So the Old Testament priests were given roles as this symbolic mediator between God and man. They would offer up sacrifices on the behalf of sins, but it wasn't enough. Like an animal's death was not enough to create a complete reparation for sins, for like the big things that God has flat out told us not to do. And we do them anyways, until Jesus's sacrifice. That took away all of our sins because it was the death of a sinless, perfect man who took on the sins of everybody because that sacrifice was actually worthy of the awful that was and is all of our sins. So in the New Testament, priests are given a similar role, but with even more power. So you can look into John chapter 20, and this is when, you know, they're in the upper room and 
I'm obviously paraphrasing. Jesus breathes on them and gives them the power of the Holy Spirit and the power to forgive sins. And it's powerful not only because Jesus is giving us a whole new dimension to the priesthood that has existed since the Old Testament, but he also gives the apostles the ability to forgive sins, not the they're not giving them the power like the forgiveness comes because of them. They're, he's giving them the ability to forgive sins on the behalf of Jesus. It reveals really that Jesus had this desire for this priesthood to extend his true and complete full forgiveness and presence to those who come honestly in repentance. So another is in James chapter 5, the prayer of forgiveness is a role that's given to a priest. You know, he actually tells the man that you're cleansed of your sins and your transgressions, but go to the temple to the priest and offer sacrifice for your sins. He says, then confess your sins to one another, as in to other humans. As of James chapter 5, the priests were able to give a prayer and mediate for Jesus the forgiveness of sins. Like I said, they don't have the power to forgive sins. Jesus has just given them the authority. He uses them to shower this forgiveness. And Jesus is just using the priest as his servant. So just like God would give you any gift and you minister those by God's grace through you, you know, if you're a doctor, what's what's your gift God has given you? Well, the gift he's given me is that I'm a healer. I heal people. God is probably doing the healing, but you have the tools and the education given from God to carry out that act. In sending his son with our flesh and our humanity, he shows really that he wants to encounter us to a, through a direct contact. He uses the priest to pass that forgiveness through the verbal language and physical presence of our human condition. So one thing I like to always ask too is, are you actually going to God? You know, well, I can just confess my sins to God, but, but are you know, I know anytime I would say that I wasn't. And I know that I didn't want to go to confession because I had some big things I did not want to have to admit. So if you go straight to God, your sins are forgiven. But have you been received back into the community? Is that weight fully lifted off of your physical presence? Because it's just between you and God at that point. But a great example I have is a woman, Allison, um, actually, and a woman, Amy. I wronged them, gossiped. I perpetuated lies. I mean, honestly, I don't even know what started all of it, but I know that I was no angel in the process. It was something that really weighed on my heart because two friendships that were pretty, really good friendships at one point in time were completely destroyed. So much so that I was worried about moving back to this area because I didn't want to encounter these women again. And when I confessed it, the priest told me that my sins are forgiven, but that I need to go fix that with those women. And he wasn't telling me to go be best friends with them again. You don't have to forget, but you can forgive. And forgiveness comes out of love. And I reached out to both of them. The one woman, Allison, has, I mean, we've developed a, a beautiful, I mean, I wouldn't even say like close friendship because she lives so far away. You know, we talk to each other as friends now. And it's a I, every time I receive a text message from her, it's a resealing of grace that only came from God. It reminds me of that confession every single time. Another point is, has anyone ever claimed to like baptize themselves? Like, I want to be baptized. I want to be born into the community of believers. So I'm just going to go dunk my head in the bathtub and say it's in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. No. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> like when you want to be baptized, you go ask somebody to baptize you and it could be anybody. But when it comes to confession, people say they can just go straight to God. I think it's because in baptism, we don't have to do anything and our sins are forgiven. You know, we're, we're washed clean, our souls washed clean. But let's be honest, it really is harder to go to confession because we have to put forth the effort and admit our fault out loud. The more we need confession, the less we want to do it. Confession seems like this place of shame and defeat. It's not. It's a place of victory. I promise you, you go in there once and you might have to cry your eyes out as you're getting everything out. But when you leave there, your soul is clean. And that's a legitimate feeling that is indescribable if you haven't gone in a long time. So I'm just going to go over some basic points on how to make a good confession and how to get up the buck to be able to go do it. It's not difficult, but you do have to prepare for it. Preparing for it just means that maybe go to confession a little bit early, sit in the pew and just pray. Just say, God, please really help me to make a good confession. And when I first started trying to go to confession a lot more frequently, I would bring an actual examination of conscience and I would go through the questions one by one. And I, when I got into the confessional, I'd sit there with my book full of sins. But because I go so frequently now, as soon as I sin during the week, I know what I've done. And so I spend my time in prayer asking God to just make sure that those come to light in my thoughts so that I know how to confess them. And that's just reflection, just reflecting on since the last time you have confessed, think of all the things you've done. If we're thinking about for wives or for mothers, I always say the first thing that needs to come to mind is love God and have you done that? I will guarantee you that every single one of us should be confessing that because we don't. We put other things in front of God. You know, we decide that we're going to try to read the Bible in a year and then we get off track. And because it's much easier to just sit and watch the office, you know, did you pray to God daily from your heart? Did you spend uninterrupted time with him? Did you open your Bible? Did you attend mass? Are you putting God first? Chances are no. So we confess that. Am I using the Lord's name in vain? Did I gossip? Did I make any false promises? Did I engage in any occult practices? That doesn't have to be occult, occult stuff. This is superstition. And my spiritual director made a point to say that sometimes he makes people stop saying the rosary because they do it out of superstition. Are you doing things out of superstition or for trying to get luck instead of just resting in the faith and peace and hope of God? Did I attend mass on Sundays? Because that's an obligation. And it's a simple obligation, but it's one that we fail out a lot. Did I respect people in authority? like my employer, my parents. I know anybody that's in any sort of authority above me, if I ever roll my eyes and think that I don't agree with something that they did or some way that they're handling their life, like that's something I should confess. And another one is violence or unnecessarily aggressive. And this could fall under thou shalt not kill because I also think of it like Did I try to kill somebody's spirit? Did I kill somebody's happiness? Did I kill somebody's reputation by the things that I said to them? You can do all of those things physically, verbally, psychologically. Did I 
idolize things. And those could be alcohol, medications, drugs, food. Did I idolize wanting to turn on Netflix at the end of the night or idolize my clean house or idolize homeschooling or idolize my how I look? Was I unloving to my spouse? Did I not communicate to him the way that I should? Was I neglectful of the spiritual, intellectual, emotional, physical needs of my husband, my children, my family? Did I steal or damage anything else? And that's a big thing too, because in this day and age, you know, you can, somebody can get something for free or they could pay for it and they can just email you the link to it or whatever. And that was still stealing. Did I envy anybody? Was I jealous or did I want other people's things? Was I financially responsible with the gifts that God has given us? Or was I envious and bought things maybe I shouldn't have bought? You're going to think about all those things. And then during the confession, that door opens up and I suggest going and sitting face to face with the priest. That has changed my game because you're looking at an actual man with a sweet, forgiving look on his face instead of hiding behind a screen. And some people have to do it. That's how I started out. But now that I sit face to face with my priest, I feel like I'm talking to Jesus, my friend. Then you name your sins out loud, you know, forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. It's been 10 years since my last confession. These are my sins. And you name those sins out loud. You can also always say, it's been 10 years since my last confession, and I have no clue what I'm doing. Please help me. And he's going to help you. And this priest is representing Christ and the church. So you're confessing these on a mountaintop to the community and you're getting forgiveness by all. Then you're given a penance in their prayers or good deeds or anything that is meant to be for the healing of our soul and the healing of those that we have hurt by our sins. So like our sins are forgiven, but our soul still needs to be healed. The one time that he told me I needed to go and apologize to these women was really hard to do, but it was something that healed my souls in such a great, great way. Another penance I received one time was that I needed to appreciate myself more. And so this beautiful Franciscan priest told me to buy myself flowers. My penance was to go buy myself beautiful flowers. And every time I look at them, remember that I'm a child of God. And that was like the most beautiful, beautiful thing ever. Okay, so now we're going to kind of talk about the technical, not so spiritual parts of it. But the church itself defines three things that are required in order to receive the sacrament of confession worthily. So the person must really, really actually be sorry for their sins. To go and do something bad and to legalistically walk into confession and say you're sorry but not mean it is just like when your kid looks at you and says, sorry, mom, and you're like, you're not sorry. (laughs) You know, God wants us to go there with a contrite heart that we are so sad for what we have done. And then you must confess those sins fully in kind and in number. This has to do with, you know, those big things like, God, I stole $850 from XYZ. There's sometimes that when I go to confession, I don't have how many times I can count that I yelled. So I just say a lot. (laughs) And I think when I'm confessing those things, God 
and the priests just know that it's something that I'm battling with. But you really should try to keep track of, God, I gossiped about this one woman pretty badly this week. You know, you want to be specific about those things. As I've learned in my many times going to confession, that you don't have to go into the details. You don't need to say, God, I'm sorry because I missed mass because we all woke up late and then I was frustrated and I had to go to the bathroom and then somebody else had to go to the bathroom and then we were running late. So I just decided not to. Nobody wants your excuses. You know, you don't need to explain away the sin. You just need to say, I missed mass last Sunday. Moving on. Okay. You must also be willing to do your penance and make amends for your sins. Making amends for your sins is not the right word because your sins are completely forgiven, like I said before, but it's the stain of the sins. Think of it like a glass that you put some drops of food coloring in. The food color is staining the water with every sin that you put in there. Then you go to confession and your sins are forgiven and God's looking at this tainted glass of water and saying, but dear, I love you anyways, no matter how tainted you are. But you want to return to that state of pure grace so that you are fully able to love God back. So it, it's nothing about God's love for you changing because that's that's forever and not going anywhere. It's about you wiping the stain of yourself, wiping the muck off so that you can be raw and pure to be able to love him back. And so if you take the the food color stained water analogy, and let's say confession is a quarter cup of bleach, and you pour that quarter cup of bleach in, and it makes that water crystal clear again, you're then able and open to accept the graces and to love God the way that he wants to be loved. He's loving you hard regardless but it's that stain that is being wiped off of your soul so that you can be pure to reciprocate that love. So you must be willing to do your penance and wipe your stain clean. A lot of people want to know, why does the church want to butt into your freaking business with all this confessing stuff? You know, the church tells you it's 100% confidential. Just like a lawyer can't break confidentiality, a priest cannot break the seal of confession. You could say you're prayers to God, but then you're not receiving the sacrament in its fullest. We need that physical help, tangible help, because we have a hard time with that here on earth, not having the tangible part of God to break down this spiritual barrier that we build up. Basically, we need the church butting into our business about this because the church doesn't want us screwing ourselves over spiritually. I've said it before also that the church is in the business of saving souls. That's not the people in the church necessarily because we are all sinful, but the institution of the church is solely here on earth to get people to heaven. God does not want us basically taking judgment upon ourselves. So I spoke about it in episode 14 on the Eucharist, but if you try to make communion with God by receiving the Eucharist when you're not in this pure state, you could be bringing judgment upon yourself. And that's not saying that you have to go to confession every time before communion, because we do the the confessor in, in mass. I confess almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I've failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask the Blessed Mary, ever virgin, 
all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. So right then, we are wiping. That bleach is coming in, and it's getting all the tiny little drops we put in of this sinfulness. You know, the little tiny belts of anger and and things like this that we may have dealt with. But it's if you have built up a wall with adultery, using pornography, having communion without being worthy, missing mass. If you've built up these walls, then you need help breaking them down. And that takes a really big naming your sins. Sorry. And that's what confession is. So either way, whether you've gone to confession and had the big sins helped to be um, wiped away by the grace of God, then you can do the confessor in the beginning of mass, which will wipe away all the not a sin is a sin is a sin, but the venial sins are the ones that happen because of our sinful nature. They don't happen because we're flipping the bird off at God, you know? So that's kind of the difference. So no one's really ever going to know if you're in a state of grace with God for those really, really big things things. And God's the only one who really matters in this whole matter. He knows. And because of this, the church makes some pretty, in the grand scheme of life, tiny requirements for being a practicing member of the church in order to be worthy to receive this sacrament. So the three practicing qualifications are that you need to go to mass on all holy days and Sundays. This is only like 56 days of the year, 52 Sundays plus Christmas, Easter, the Assumption and All Saints Day. So 56 days, one hour, that means out of your whole year, you're spending two and a half days at church. Considering everything God does for us and how much he loves us, that's really not too much time. Think about how much time you spend in a week on social media. That's a thought that just came to my head and I thought, wow, (laughs) definitely more than two and a half days a year, I bet. Unless you're dispensed from having to go to mass. So unless you're basically excused, unless you're excused from going to mass because illness, you don't want to bring other illness and get other people sick, caring for somebody else who's ill, so kids. But Missing mass the sinful way is when you could have gone, but you choose not to, or because you forgot to, because you're a hot mess or something like that. You know, like the example I said before is we were going to go, but then life got in the way and we just decided to scrap it. You know, that's why there's so many masses offered throughout Saturday and Sundays, because you're given a lot of opportunity to go. So if you don't, that was your conscious decision to tell God it's not worth my time right now. That is something you need to go confess. So the other two are that you receive communion once a year and that you go to confession once a year. And those two go hand in hand. The church suggests that you do it during Lent for the big, you know, dying to self to unite ourselves with the suffering of Jesus. But the reason why they want you to go to confession once a year is so that you're worthy to receive that communion that you get once a year. Now, if you're going to mass every Sunday, you're probably going to want to receive communion while you're there. We are all bound to sin and build up some pretty big walls within 365 days. Am I right? So no matter how hard you try, it's going to happen. Those are just the three requirements for being a practicing Catholic. And that's it. It's the going above and beyond the making the extra effort in your relationship with God that's really going to deepen your relationship. Graces are just special gifts from God. Everybody receives graces in different areas. I'm given the grace to be a good mom on days when it's hard. I'm given the grace and blessings to be able to have this podcast and be able to talk to people like this. 
some very special graces that God has made very well known to the church is partaking in communion and confession. So if somebody's giving you this great, awesome gift, this wrapped up present that you're like, I want to open that, wouldn't you want to do that much more regularly than just once a year? Like, if we could all open Christmas presents once a month, wouldn't you want to do that instead of just once a year? It's great for the soul, all the earthly ways that therapy and physical communion are, but specifically going to confession and communion regularly, it, it lets the divine life live within you. And therefore you're given this superpower to be able to combat those sinful things that you have confessed before. So I kind of look at it as two ways. God's helping me. <laughs> in giving me strength to not yell or not gossip or whatever the the issues I'm having are. But also the fact that I know I'm going to have to march into that confessional on Saturday or once a month and confess the exact same things I confessed last week. It's enough to make you think twice when you're making those decisions on a daily basis. So that's why the power of confession is so wonderful. And when people go, the first time you go, it is a physical weight lifted off of your soul that you can feel. But the more you go, that's the more you are able to be given the power from God living within you to make the right choices every day and to do the right thing every day, to make the right decisions, to deepen your relationship with God. It's those physical acts of love by going to communion and going to confession regularly that really deepen your relationship with God. I designed an eight-page printable booklet just to help you in any confession experience, whether it be your first one or you haven't been a long time or you go often and you just need something to help you guide through the experience. It's geared towards women, wives, and mothers, and it's going to walk you through simple steps to examining your own conscience with things that are applicable to moms and wives and mothers in different categories. So if you're a woman or a wife, there's going to be a section just for you, things that you can examine your conscience with. For mothers, it has a list for of other things to think about ways that you might need to confess, but then it's beautiful. So says I, because I created it, but I think it's really pretty. You just print it out, you fold it in half and you can take it with you. There's a section for notes for writing down the last time you went to confession. So when you say, forgive me, father, for I've sinned, it has been eight weeks since my last confession. It also has common prayers in the back. And then the second to last page walks you through the entire confession experience in the actual confessional. When you sit down with the priest, you don't have to be worried that you don't know what's coming next or what to do because everything's written out for you. And it's easy to read and it's easy to understand. And it's a really Really good resource. So just for the people listening to this podcast, normally there's a small charge for this printable, but for anybody listening to this podcast, if you go to my website at holyhotmessmom.com slash I confess, the letter I confess, that's the name of the booklet, then it's going to pull up. And when you check out, use the code podcast, and it's going to get you a 100% discount on it, and you will get it totally for free. Head over to holyhotmessmom.com slash I confess, type in the coupon code podcast when you check out and it will give you the I confess printable completely for free. I would love it. You don't have to tell me what you confessed. You don't have to tell me anything. But if you just let me know on Instagram, on Facebook, through my email, heather at holyhotmessmom.com. If you let me know that you went to confession and you received this sacrament, 
and how you felt afterwards, it would give me purpose. It would make all of this money I put into this podcast worth it. I'm getting teary eyed. <laughs> so everybody mark that as the first time Heather cried on the podcast because it's probably going to happen more. <laughs> but anyways, if you walk yourself into that church and humble yourself in front of the divine God that made you and that loves you more than we could ever comprehend, and you feel that spiritual weight lifted off of your soul and you walk out of there like a superwoman because now you're given literal God gifts to be able to handle life, let me know because it's beautiful and it's amazing. And I hope that even if I could just get one person in there to receive this beautiful gift, everything I'm doing with this blog and this podcast and all of it would be so worth it. This episode is over, but there's lots more content for you to check out on my website. Head over to holyhotmessmom.com for all sorts of downloads, posts, and ridiculous stories, as well as the show notes for today's episode. Don't forget to find me on Instagram and Facebook at Holy Hot Mess Mom, as well as in our exclusive Mama Facebook group by searching Holy Hot Mess Mamas. That's Holy Hot Mess, M-A-M-A-S. So we can connect, share, encourage, uplift, laugh, and be virtual best friends. Do you have a topic or something you want to hear about on the show? Shoot me an email at podcast at holyhotmessmom.com. I'd love to hear your suggestions. If you like this episode, would you do me a huge favor and head over to your podcast app and give us a rating and review so that more ladies can find our podcast. The more great reviews we have, the wider we reach with our support, tips, laughs, and encouragement. I would really appreciate it. Until next time.